we realize that what we consider the design aesthetic how because internet got in our hands first right and we developed an understanding of design aesthetics or ui ux aesthetics for example what we think about which design looks beautiful is very contrary to how they interpret it Hello and welcome to the Startup Operator podcast. I'm Roshan Karyappa. Kirti Jangra is the co-founder of Animal, which is on a mission to empower millions of dairy farmers ushering in the next digital white revolution. I spoke to Kirti about some of the nuances of operating this rather unique business, scaling a managed marketplace and building for the next billion internet users. This was a fascinating conversation with a young entrepreneur who's challenging centuries old norms and conventions so let's get started with this episode of the startup operator podcast with kirti jangra hey kirti welcome to the startup operator podcast thank you so much for making the time thank you guys for hosting me yeah so i've been really looking forward to speaking with you i think you're operating such a unique business so maybe to set context for our audience right let's go back to the founding story of animal it started as a hackathon idea at pratilipi by the way we hosted uh, ranjit on uh, episode number 55 i think it was december of 2020 way back when but you know this idea of building an online platform to empower dairy farmers right where did this originate and how did you end up putting the pieces together sure so to be honest it didn't originate just like this that oh we are going to try to build a platform to empower dairy farmers initially it just started out as a problem like you mentioned earlier as well that it was primarily about in the hackathon it was primarily about what do you build for the next 1 billion 500 million users of india which is bharat and then the team came up with the idea that there are two primarily most utility based things that bharat does one being agriculture and another being dairy farming and there were very smart people solving solving in agriculture so moved more towards dairy farming which was a completely empty space and within that we realized that okay dairy farming there are multiple pain points but certain things are more vitamin and uh, so, some are more pain killers this cattle trading piece came out to be a bigger pain killer it was a very problem oriented approach to the whole thing it wasn't that you know a platform is what we are looking to build so it wasn't that mm. solution oriented we still are not very solution oriented we are completely loyal to the problem so the idea that okay they have difficulty in trading animals especially cattle what can you do about it and hence you know a platform that can connect sellers and buyers came into picture which then evolved into what can we do whether just being a connection platform are we going to stop at that or are we going to try to make it a complete marketplace and as we went deeper and deeper we realized that you know it's not just a problem of connection it's also a problem of fulfillment it's also a problem of logistics it's about making the transaction happen completely it's also a problem of quality it's also a problem of standardizing giving transparency in that transaction so as we went further more uh, we realized that the problem and the size of the problem but coming back to answer your question more concisely it was that this journey of figuring out of being loyal to the problem got us to the fact that okay we can build a platform because platforms what the solutions really going to be right i think that's such an important point that you make which is i think the solution is fungible you really have to find the problem right i mean the problem otherwise i mean we see so many startups go from uh, you know just being nice to have to need to have and that's a painful journey actually really and if you find the right problem which is a pain killer as you mentioned i mean it makes a lot of things a lot more easier the other thing is that you know you can't just solve one slice of the problem right i mean uh, you know i've hosted agritech founders as well uh, and they end up solving like a plethora of things right and often times i mean that seems like a hairy problem to solve that seems like a very complex problem to solve there are so many loose ends right so how do you think about that as an entrepreneur 
to be honest i think we are very early in the journey so all that i've saved from here uh, please take it with a pinch of salt it's what we have learned till now and the journey is a long one i'm sure we'll learn a lot more whatever i will say is not wisdom it's just what worked in our context having said that now coming to this i think for us how uh, we think about it is can you dissect it as much as possible so for example if you consider cattle trading there are possibly 100 million transactions happening in india in a year in, in which a buffalo or a cow is traded a milch buffalo or a milch cow is traded and it's really about dissecting that which type of user which type of transaction which type of which asp which sku where can you start dissecting it yes we want to solve for the whole market eventually but what is that one type where you start and for us that's how we've sort of uh, you know uh, that's how we've sort of operated with the loose ends because if you start a lot of people always ask me this question that how did you build trust in the first 1000 10000 users and for us that was not a problem we were not looking to solve for trust in the first 1000 users we were looking for people who would genuinely just trust something because they have such a big problem and they are perhaps early adopters they are tech savvy so they would just adopt because the problem in the early 1000 users we were solving was is the product right not that whether the user can trust so it's really about dissecting and then figuring out which hypothesis are you trying to solve for or what are you trying to build for whom and being very specific about it so one example that we talk a lot about even within our team is that facebook never started as social network for everyone it started with second third year college students and that's where it built it built its base and then of course it started capturing a lot more market so it's more about dissecting which can you make the thinnest possible slices of the problem like be it by tg be it by product type be it by transaction type etc and then just right. try to solve for each slice yeah so if i understand correctly have an understanding holistic understanding of the ecosystem but pick the problem that you're most keen to solve for right now and then have these on, on the horizon right i mean you could probably like put that on the road map and uh, and get to it at at a later point in time so we'll take a slight diversion and talk about this bharat user right there's a lot of uh, steam for this whole build for bharat mission as such right uh, we've spoken to plenty of uh, entrepreneurs on the podcast itself vinay of state jani of local farid of share chat so on and so forth and it's a rather unique experience right often we go in with some presumptions of what works and the re- reality could be quite different what are some lessons you've learned along the way on building for the bharat user specifically like a lot of lessons learned but when i talk about specifically for bharat user i think one was that we realized that what we consider the design aesthetic how because internet got in our hands first right and we developed an understanding of design aesthetics or ui ux aesthetics for example what we think about which design looks beautiful is very contrary to how they interpret it so i'll give you a small example i was with my grandmother and i used to test a lot of our products with her because she is a typical bharat user and 2 years ago we had taught her phone we taught her facebook she doesn't know login she she doesn't know google play store etc she just knows like facebook we have downloaded we created so now she scrolls same with anything youtube and i observed her behavior a lot so one example in the design aesthetic sense was that a designer created a cartoonish cow for the reload page because if you know amazon has this funny dog that comes and says oh you are offline yeah. so they thought to do this something similar like a similar version of that with a sad cow but it was cartoonish 
and I showed it to her and she was like, this looks like Ganesh ji. She, she didn't think it was a cow because for her, it, her design aesthetic, A is not cartoonish. We cannot imagine a cow on two feet, like how the designer created. And I have a lot of examples to show this. For example, at the, whenever we hired a marketing agency, they would create such really nice creatives that they would never work for our user because our user would think that they are beyond my reach this is not this stuff is not made for me whenever we would have like a picture of a cow clicked in a house and uske upar we would write that you know available for sale in hindi of course and those would do much better than a really nicely clicked picture or a picture with a lot of photoshop in it or very flashy graphics they have never worked because the user always thought ki this item does not belong to this piece of information even in an ad marketing creative never worked so so the whole idea of how we think what design aesthetic is right like the cleanliness part of it or the negative spacing this and that that really like we had to internally redefine what we think is is beautiful or what we think is from a user flow point of view easy so i think that was one big learning um apart from that i think if you eliminate bias of who we are as urban users it's pretty much the same thing like they look for utility they look for like easy design like the user principles all apply it's just that we think user principles from an urban point of view so they feel different right so you have a very bold mission right to create the next white revolution what is this entail so let's start from the beginning india is one of the biggest dairy farming industry it is the largest milk producing and value added producing country in the world we have about 130 billion dollars of milk retail matlab milk and milk products retail every year and then there is about 100 billion that goes into the input for this now for us what we have realized is that the productivity of india is about 1/6 of that of any other country and it primarily is because of the same reason that agriculture holds which is that the herd size and which is the holding size in agriculture is very small and because of that fragmentation all of the inefficiencies come in picture our goal is that we can make dairy farming meaningfully profitable if we are able to solve for the inefficiencies that happen because of fragmentation on the input side so be it cattle trading or be it cattle feed be it healthcare be it financing be it insurance all of these things happen because a markets extremely fragmented and b there is no tech intervention that can lead to creating some layer of uh, efficiency in this fragmented market so that's what we want to do and that's how we believe that the next white revolution will come so at the heart of it animal is a managed marketplace right and it's one of the harder problems to solve i think you know to be able to match demand and supply to control quality of delivery at the last mile so on and so forth what are some of the things that you've realized in scaling this kind of a managed marketplace so i would like to put this as disclaimer that we do not plan to forever be a managed marketplace we got into managed marketplace because we wanted to learn better and we right. thought this is one of the most straightforward ways to learn but to answer your question i think it is quite difficult managing that demand and supply being very very strict with your quality standards delivering the best value to the user delivering the best value to both demand and supply so that they stick with you and uh, and opening up a new market which which didn't exist so much before it is one very challenging problem i think standardizing something as live as an animal 
is quite tough. I the hmm. whole the whole piece in my opinion lies on the fact that can you standardized something as unstandardized as a living being, and then can you deliver on that promise to the buyer that I told you that this is what I'm offering you, and this hence this is what I offered. Within that, of course, everybody in this market today operates with an error margin. Can you minimize that error margin, if not make it zero, and standardize it to such an extent that you can do it at scale? So right. I think these two things are key, and that's where the nuance lies. For example, I had spoken to, I think I had spoken to Ashish from Jambotel, and he spoke about how even a farmer doesn't know what kind of rice are they growing. How would that get standardized and packaged in market? And How's when when a farmer's growing? What will the buyer call that rice to ask for it? So the similar similar thing. So a uh, similar thing exists in our market. Every area that we go to. So for example, Gwalior or Indore or Pune and Hyderabad. Everybody says that we want, example, Murra cattle, and everybody mm. has that specification. But all of them want different. Things. So when you go to the buyer, they're like, yeah, what I want is cattle A, da da da. These are my specifications. But when you deliver. The first time when we did this, our inaccuracy rate was about seventy-five percent because we bought as the supply said that this is what we have, and then the buyer said, "Yeah, this is what I want." And when we supplied, the buyer was like, "Oh, but we wanted a superior quality, or we wanted the height of the pashu to be X." So it is really about how granular can you make your quality standardization so it exactly matches what the buyer is saying and. what you're sourcing from the supply while also not truly hearing what the buyer is saying which for example murra it is really about ignoring that and seeing what the buyer actually want it's also about uh, buying what's available right i mean because i would assume that at cattle fairs and so on and so forth people probably look at what is available and pick the best of the lot or do they have some preconditions that mujhe aisa chahiye and then they look for it wherever it's available so both are true which is why we exist so people have preconditions is that this is what i want but at cattle fairs if i'm not getting what i want i'm going to have to settle and that's where animal comes in picture where we say okay this is what you wanted we know exactly where this is we'll source it for you got it so you have a wider base basically yeah and of course cattle fair for example is a very time and location based thing that it's happening on a sunday in a particular city not everybody can make it there and not everybody at that time to have that exact supply and the same demand one one really big misconception for our market is it's not as simple as mujhe gaya chahiye it's really that i wanted hf cow in second lactation uh, about 16 to 18 liters of milk this much height this much width this udder size and then whether i want it with a male calf or a female calf because of which price varies so it's a much granular choice than even a car where we right. have brands and where we have much standardized sku it's more granular than that yeah i can imagine it's a super complex uh, buying behavior right and again very complex that you're doing it digitally because uh, these norms and conventions the cattle fairs that we have talked about have existed for decades and centuries right how do you get people to start doing things in a different way i mean so what was it hook to your early buyers and early users saying that hey here's a new way of doing things and this could actually be 10x better than whatever you're doing right now i think it's painkiller versus vitamin again 
So when you're doing a vitamin problem, you really have to push and you really have to make people understand the utility of what you're giving. And then you have to do trials and then you have to do follow-ups and then you have to care for, you know, everyday care whether the person's using it or not because you are trying to get them experience the value prop maybe after 30 days. But when it's a painkiller problem, the user says that, yes, I needed it the moment you tell them about it. For us, very fortunately, it was the second case that once when this got initially, people used to laugh. They used to laugh that what a joke. online But now when you speak to them, it feels the most natural thing. There is a we we exist from last two years, and there is a user. Once I was speaking to him like customer support, he said, Ki, no, no, I've been doing this for four or five years. I've been using animal to sell animals from last five years. That's how natural they feel with it. So I think it lies in whether you understand it's a painkiller or a vitamin. Yeah, then it, then I think it's a lot more obvious, I think. And people do get value all the time. I mean, they, they get it instantly, actually. So this educating the customer, uh, driving adoption for innovation and so on and so forth, right? You have some pretty interesting methods of doing this as well, right? So because I, I saw in the SheBuilds episode, for example, street plays and and so on and so forth. So how do you engage the local youth and local marketing networks to sort of get your message across? For us, it's been about what stage are you in a city? So because we are hyper-local, we we had a very strong playbook. We understood the value of a playbook very early when we started. And we also had this in our DNA that we are hyper-local. So for us, it's really, it was about can you make a standardized playbook for a city? That how do you get to the first 100 users in the city or first 1,000 users? Then how do you move from 1,000 to the next 5,000? How do you get to a 10% market share? What do you do after you have 10 to 15% market share? And at each point, you're solving for different problems. Like I said, in the first 1,000 users, you're not solving for trust. So for the first 1,000 users, we would usually use just Facebook because it was easier to get to them. It was CPI was better, etc. It is actually when, when you've done the 15% market share is when you need those creative ideas because now you, it's not a question of awareness. A lot of them mm. would know about animal. Now it's about getting your point across because they're not convinced. They're not downloading because they have some issue. So then you mm. use street play or any other mechanism to solve for that issue. So it's about designing which phase are you in a city and then which activity would solve for that phase's problem. Right. I'd love to understand that in a little more detail, right? So I think at every stage of the journey for a startup, there's a particular North Star metric uh, that could be relevant, right? Maybe number of customers onboarded or maybe number of transactions, so on and so forth. And that kind of acts as a focal point for everything that the company does, how the teams are structured, what people do and so on and so forth. So could you talk about those North Star metrics for Animal and how it has varied over a period of time? So our North Star has never varied. Till now, we, we were very sure we are going to be tracking transactions happen through the platform. That's the North Star that we always looked at. Now there are two parts to it. For a transaction to complete, you, we are going to need the sellers for it, buyers for it. So seller, aka listings, the number of, you know, Pashu registered on the platform and then buyers, aka demand. So number of calls made through the app, number of connects made through the app and then tracking each of them separate. But if you're talking about tracking, so we've been very diligent with like I said before, we were very sure that hyper-local has to be in the DNA. There's no point showing a, a cattle in Bihar to someone in Jaipur because that long-distance transaction doesn't happen for the TG that we were targeting. 
it has to be a 50 kilometer transaction because we were targeting c2c transaction so hyperlocal had to be very strongly in the dna and hence all of these things we we track on a city or a district level right so what is the next leap forward in your mission you know as you mentioned i mean you're still early in the in in the chain right so what are those new sort of solution new problems that you're going to solve and uh, what is that kind of expansion that will happen uh, towards that you know bold mission of creating a revolution another white revolution so it would be very fancy that i say we are going to go into financing insurance and feed in the next two years but we're not we're very very focused on building a 10x product in trading we know cattle trading is a really huge market we have just scratched the surface and we want to be a company whose core product is 10x better till the time we venture out into something exciting of course i get ideas from the team all the time about you know that there is a huge opportunity in financing and then there are people approaching why don't we do this we entertain if it's going to contribute into the trading business but we're not going to diversify extremely soon because we want to win one market first we want to win we want to create a 10x product where the user is supremely happy and uh, we've just started in terms of exciting things leading to our bold vision you would see trading for a while but having said that uh, we are doing a lot of exciting things within trading we are expanding we started our interstate vertical in which we supply from haryana to buyers in pune what we are doing is we are creating a pure marketplace where sellers in haryana uh, which is a premium cattle hub can list on animal and we do the fulfillment to get it to a buyer in pune Uh, it's about a ten billion dollar market where, from three to four pockets, about fifteen million transactions happen across all of demand pockets in the country. And we are we are transitioning into proper marketplace there, which also means we will. Till now, we were only in five states in the country. We're going nationwide. So yeah, lot of expansion and new things happening. So given that you know how much of this uh, ecosystem needs to be standardized, right? I mean, do you kind of envision yourselves being another Amul or something of that sort sometime in the future? Yes and no. I think Amul changed the lives of dairy farmers. It really, really yeah. did. So if it comes in terms of impact, definitely yes. We do think that we would want to create that kind of impact on the ecosystem. In terms of standardizing, etc., I think how we are going to do, which would be extremely tech driven. I I can't co- comment on Amul's, but we are going to be extremely tech driven. We are going to we are going to utilize a lot of computer vision and artificial intelligence in trying to do these things more at scale and with less and less human intervention needed. so then we can make a really scalable market i honestly don't know how because amul i know runs on a physical product which requires collection yeah. so a human has to be in there so i can't comment on that right at every stage of the startup right the founder has to kind of transform themselves in order to make that next leap forward for that next journey right so what are some high level challenges that you are solving for as a founder yourself a lot i think when we were 0 to 1 we did a lot of wing it we we really were like karke dekh lete hain let's just do it and see let's just do it and see because anyway the company was so small that you know whatever we we could the scale was small the cost of money for us at that time uh, even when we were funded it was about you can do it at a small scale it wouldn't cost that much so let's just do it and uh, we did a lot 
our product actually got built like ki whatever crazy idea comes let's just do it let's just implement it full scale see what happens if not change direction very very fast so consider like a ball of energy just going here and there and within that finding finding direction so hame bhi uski aadat pad gayi karke dekh lete hain and when we got bigger when things were at larger scale and which is about 4 months from now i've been realizing that karke dekh lete hain is quite a big exercise now we do it in small groups mm. now but doing that for all of the company ki karke dekh lete hain even if all 60 people in the core team are doing two things karke dekh lete hain every week like lot of energy goes in randomness like entropy increases but direction doesn't come because when you are tight group you can steer direction very very fast yeah. so now i think for us as founders how i see is that nth order thinking becomes a lot more important do you know the user do you know the market do you know the experiment can you think of the experiment enough to know where it would go if done so i think that winging it now is more controlled it has more direction and is done in smaller groups rather than you know how we used to initially be like with 10 people ki whatever crazy idea comes just do it so a respect for direction thoughtfulness has come a lot in me it's still it's still a challenge it, it doesn't come because we are still changing gears it doesn't always come but learning that again rest all hiring senior people hiring and managing teams etc all of the all of those challenges exist right so one of the things that is apparent to anyone who watches she builds is the relationship that you have with your friend and co-founder neetu yadav right so how important is it to have someone like that by your side on this journey i would say very <laughs> when i joined animal this was one of my biggest reasons for me it was really it was a lot about ki saath mein karenge to maza aayega and as much as i'm in it for the larger vision to change dairy farming in india i'm also in it to for the fun of problem solving and it's a lot more fun when you're doing it with someone who's lot like you driven talented and um, you know there's a high degree of trust so alignment's just better we don't have to spend time on things like building trust or questioning each other's you know intentions etc all of that sorted it's been done in the past so we really just power through the problem solving great awesome so you know finally uh, as someone who strived to do something different stepped out of the norm and uh, built animal right so what is your advice to entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs who have an idea and want to take that leap forward i would say just if you're in the 0 to 1 phase like really just karke dekh lo is what i would say just if you can't launch an app launch a website if you can't launch a website like launch a google form but test what if what you're thinking is right like solve hypothesis by hypothesis just test don't keep it all in your mind and sit on it thinking like i have an idea all right that's a fantastic note to end the podcast on kirti thank you again for making time for this and uh, all the best with everything that you have coming up thank you thank you so much for having Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, then don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite platform and share this episode with all of your fellow startup operators. Also follow the startup operator on LinkedIn and Twitter for more updates. Stay safe, take care and see you soon on a brand new episode of the Startup Operator.